Welcome to Around and Around the OCD Circle. My name is Elizabeth, and I have been living with obsessive compulsive disorder for over 60 years. I am not a therapist or a member of the medical community. I am just an ordinary person like yourself who will be sharing my thoughts and experiences with you with the hope that you will feel less alone. If you don't have OCD, I hope you will learn some information that will help you understand this disorder better. Some of the topics I will be covering may be triggering for you as a listener. If so, I apologize in advance. Since I don't know what your triggers are, please refer to the episode summary in the show notes before listening to each episode. If at any time you feel like hurting yourself or ending your life, please, please call the 988 Suicide and Crisis Lifeline by dialing 988 if you are in the United States. It is open 24 hours a day and you will be connected with the nearest crisis center to receive immediate counseling and local mental health referrals. Now, on to today's episode. Good morning, everyone. I'm really excited about this morning's show. It's part one of my conversation with Tracy Perkins, a patient on the reality show, The OCD Project. The OCD Project was a reality television series that aired on VH1 in 2010. The show followed the experiences of individuals with obsessive compulsive disorder as they underwent intensive therapy and treatment at a residential treatment facility. Dr. David Tolan, a psychologist and expert in OCD, led the therapy sessions and worked with the participants to help them manage their OCD symptoms. The show aimed to raise awareness about OCD and provide insight into the challenges faced by individuals living with this condition. In this episode, Tracy tells us about the first time she remembers performing an OCD ritual, how she first learned she had OCD, and her family's reactions. We discuss medications, magical thinking, and the many rituals she has had, including audible rituals. She also shares with us how she was chosen to be a patient on the OCD Project. Season 1 of the OCD Project can still be found on YouTube. I encourage you to watch it to get more familiar with Tracy. We are hoping to record an episode devoted entirely to the show, and you can ask Tracy questions about the show beforehand. She will be glad to answer your questions on air. Please contact me on my social media links, which are below in the show notes, with any questions you may have for Tracy. So without further ado, I bring you part one of my conversation with Tracy Perkins. Enjoy, and I hope it helps you feel less alone. Hi, Tracy. Welcome. Hey, Beth. Thank you for having me on. I'm so glad you're my first guest on my podcast. We're going to help a bunch of people today, I hope. Yes, we are. All right, Tracy. Well, why don't you go ahead and just start and tell, do you want to tell the folks how we met? Yeah, it actually goes back all the way to 2010. Uh, You reached out to me on Facebook after seeing me on TV, but I know you're saving that story for another episode. Yeah, we became Facebook friends and it just kind of stuck, right? It it did. I like you, Beth. <laughs> like you a lot too. So, why don't you go ahead? You have obsessive compulsive disorder, of course. And yeah. so, I like for you to just kind of take us back, you know, tell us who you are. If you want to tell us, you know, what part of the country you live in, uh, about yourself as much as you want to share and then you can go ahead and start talking about your OCD. 
Christian. Yeah. Well, Beth, I am originally from California, but I currently live in Arkansas. Um, I actually remember the night that my OCD started. And I remember that my dad, he had been training to become a correctional officer in Galt, California. So me and Mom had gone up there the day before because it was the day before Easter. And we got home late. Uh, we were staying with my grandma at the time. And grandma told me, Tracy girl, turn off the TV. And when I went to do it, it, it was weird because I felt this urge to turn it off, turn it on. Hmm, what was that? turn it off, turn it on. And I did it four times, not understanding why it happened. And the next day on Easter, I woke up and the urges haven't left since. All right. So when, when that happened, you had no idea. Did you know what obsessive compulsive disorder was at that time? No idea. I was, I believe I was nine years old. Oh yeah. And yeah, no, it's okay. Um, there wasn't a lot of light shed on it, and I'm sorry to say there's not heck of a lot to this day, but I first learned what it was back in high school when I was 16, read about it in a teen magazine, I think it was. And, yeah. Okay, let me just get the timeline. It's going to kind of give away your age, but <laughs> so when you were nine, do you know what year that was? Oh, gosh. Well, I tell people I'm 27 right now, <laughs> but that would have been... Oh, God, 1992? Okay, so, yeah, I was just trying to get a feel for what was going on in the world, you know, medically, in the community yeah. about OCD. Because when mine got really, really bad, that was like 1993, 92, mm. and everyone thought OCD was, you know, what you would see, like, with Jack Nicholson on As Good As It Gets, mm -hmm. the turning on and off the stove, and I didn't have that, so that makes a lot of sense. Even if you would yeah. have been older, you would not have been diagnosed with OCD. You oh, no. Um, most of my family, you know, and I love my family, but they told me, it was all in my head, which literally it is, but it was to dismiss it. Just stop. You can stop. No, I can't. Do you happen to know what would have caused you to do that? I mean, I know you had OCD, but was there some kind of event or something around that time that... Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind. Share it, I understand. No, I, hey, I'm an open book, Beth. That's all right. Okay. Um, at the time... Oh, excuse me. My mom and dad were on the rocks. They were on the verge of divorce. Um, found out later my dad had a girlfriend and then shortly after dad became a full-blown correctional officer, my papa, who was one of the people I was closest to, had a massive heart attack that almost killed him. Uh-huh. Yeah. He lived for 11 more years, though. We got to keep him. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Alright, so... They told you it was all in your head, mm -hmm. and then between nine years old and high school, did you have any other rituals, or it was just the same one? Oh, gosh, yes. Oh, gosh, yes. Um, just stop me when I go on too long, Beth. There's a long list. No, no, it's okay, because there are people out here listening right now who have rituals, and I don't want them to feel alone. Yeah, yeah, me neither. 
Me neither. Um, so it started with the TV. My rituals change depending on what the current obsession is. So through high school, for me, high school was a really good time. But I can remember one night um, I was getting in bed. And my brain told me, we've got to walk back and forth, back and forth, back and forth in front of this bed an even number of times. It's always even. And I kid you not, Beth, I was looking at the clock and I almost hit two hours just trying to get the air right so that nobody nobody would die. Uh-huh. It was horrible. And that, and that would be a lot of people dying or just one certain person? Um, it could be multiple. Right now, for instance, my fixation is my mom. Uh-huh. But in the past, it's been my son. It's been my husband. It just depends on what's stressing me out at the time. Fixation is a great word because on my podcast, I've been using the term spells. Mm-hmm. So when I'm obsessed with one person, that's a spell. Mm-hmm. And it could go on from, you know, three to six months to six years for that one person and I call it a spell but fixation is a really good term I hadn't thought about I might use that in future episodes yeah I mean you I think you should use whatever works for you I don't think OCD is a one-size-fits-all and that's actually what I wanted to touch on because you know you hear OCD you think oh that person's so clean and while I am a clean person you ought to see the desk I'm sitting at right now it's a artistic disaster but I know where everything is in my case my OCD is what's known as magical thinking so even though I know it's ridiculous that turning off and on a light switch 20 times is going to save my mom I feel like if I don't I'm going to cause her to die but logically you know that's not going to happen but you have to do it right exactly yep I know it's ridiculous Okay. What are some other rituals that you performed? Let me see here. Walking in front of the bed. Yeah. Um, Walking in and out of doorways a certain number of times, and we have to tap the wall on the way in and out. Um, Getting up and down off of a chair. God, that one hurts my back, and I'm really fighting myself on that one because I have to get up two, four, six, eight whenever the air feels right. What else do I do? The sink. Turning off and on the sink. Um, those are my main ones. But like I said, depending on what's going on, they can change. I also do audible rituals. I can do one. It's embarrassing, but me and my husband laugh about it. Cause oh, let's go ahead and hear it. <laughs> um... I call it my huffing one. I don't want to get myself started. I'm going to do it twice because I have to. But essentially, it's (laughs) like that. Um, Did you do that on the OCD project? (laughs) You did did some kind of noise. I remember that. Probably. I'm still uh, re-watching that. And I think like in the very first or second (laughs) episode, when you were at the sink... And you were turning the sink off and on. You were making some kind of a noise. Yeah. And um, no, that's fine. I, You know, a lot of people still to this day in 2023, when they talk about obsessive compulsive disorder, they think people who are afraid of contamination. And they think of people who are sorting M&Ms by color. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what they think, literally. Yeah. So 
hearing about your specific rituals is great because some of the things they're doing they may not even think are rituals right they, you know what i mean i do yeah and some of them beth i don't i don't know if you've experienced this but i call them my uh, silent ones because i do counting rituals in my head that nobody can see right you know um or here's a good one i like to read um and Oh, God, this takes so much time. I have to go back and reread, 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 an even number of times when my brain gets stuck. Mm -hmm. I did that with emails for years where mm. I would proofread emails constantly. And even after I sent them, I proofread them. Mm -hmm. And after it was too late to make sure that I had said it correctly, my spelling was correct. Yep. I didn't come off differently than I meant to. Mm -hmm. So, um I, I don't was, feel when I was 12 years old, I was initiated into an organization, mm -hmm. and they sat you out in this waiting room before you went in, and they told you you had to count the tiles on the ceiling, and then when you went in, you had to give them the correct number of tiles. Well, I was all about that. Like, I was just like, I can do this. You know, I can do this. No problem. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, counting for me has been an issue in the past. So, any other rituals you want to talk about before we move on? Or? Yeah. And I apologize that I'm still kind of huffing. I'm trying to stop myself, hey, but it's, it's hard. It's fine. We're in yeah. real life here. I've got dogs. I've got dogs walking in and out of my room. Uh, uh, yeah, for me, it's a cat. <laughs> um, one of them, I actually just did it right now with the wasp bottle I'm using, uh, is tapping Mm-hmm. And it's kind of funny. I'll share this. The initials of my name are T-A-P. So everybody says that's perfect. Tracy Taps. Mm-hmm. And I, I tap a lot. Right? Oh, gosh. <laughs> I drive people nuts, yes. And, and do you not want to get rid of that because it doesn't really interfere in your life? Oh, I, I would love to be rid of it, Beth. It, oh, okay. Um, Oh yeah. I guess we'll get back. We'll get to that later because I was going to ask you if you've had uh, CBT cognitive behavior therapy. Oh yeah. Okay. Because uh -huh. I've gotten rid of almost all of my rituals that way, uh -huh. and so I have chosen not to get rid of the rituals that are not really interfering right now uh -huh. because they keep me calm. Right. Sure. Yeah. But if they ever do become a problem and people are noticing or teasing me or they're just keeping me from getting my life lived, then I go ahead and get rid of them. But you got to hold on to something, right? Like you got to have some way of calming yourself. Yeah, and I think that's what OCD is, man. It's a it's a sense of control. Mhm. Mm you know, cuz life is so unpredictable. Mhm. Mm now, when you were in high school and you you found this article in a magazine, mm -hmm. what did you do then? Uh, Nothing? Oh, man. Or did you yeah. do something? My jaw dropped. Um, I couldn't believe how much I identified with that article. Like, I'm like, this is me. And I showed my mom, and I had her read it, and I told her, Mom, look, there is something to this. Other people do this. And that was the first time that my mom realized, okay, this is not just my crazy daughter, Tracy. Uh -huh. you know, How awesome is it that they would have that in a teen magazine? Oh, man. It was... They probably helped a lot of teenagers. Oh, I... Adults with that article, I would think. 
back then for them to have an article in a teen magazine that was a really smart thing to do because they mm-hmm. reached a lot of teenagers they probably reached a lot of adults who like you you shared it with a family member mm-hmm. i mean i guess it was probably all about rituals right like it was all about counting and doing things over and over let me think Back about then, this. That was, that was still in the 2000s. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was about a young girl who basically had the same struggle as me. She didn't understand why she couldn't put things down one time. Why did she have to do things multiple times? You know? And she went to a, I think it was a psychiatrist who recognized her symptoms. Wow. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So then what did you do after that? Oh, gosh. After I showed it to mom, um, I said, I really want to find a psychologist. And there was the Youth Services Bureau. She got me in there. And I will tell you that the hardest thing for me has been finding qualified professionals that understand this struggle. Absolutely. Yes. They don't. For me personally, talk therapy doesn't cut. What has been a lifesaver for me is exposure therapy. And it's hard. But if you're willing to put the work in, your symptoms will improve. Um, I need to go back because mine are currently out of control. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So I know I worked hard to find mine. And I've had her for 20 years. And she's getting ready to retire. And I'm petrified. Oh. The first therapist I have, all I did was go in there and talk, and she just agreed with me every every. And then I left feeling great about myself, but then I went home to the same business. Mm-hmm. You know? And I wasn't I wasn't diagnosed then, to be fair. So, mm-hmm. you know, but I would just say that if anybody out there is struggling to find help, just make sure that they have a lot of experience with OCD, because otherwise, you're just wasting your time, their time, and your money. Hundred percent. And it's just going to be. You know, you're not gonna not gonna solve anything. <laughs> yeah, and you know, to a degree, Beth. Like right now, us talking about it. Excuse me. It is therapeutic because I know you get me, and I get you. The listeners probably relate with me. I relate with them. So that part is therapeutic. But as far as stopping these rituals, that requires therapy. I know I can't do it alone. No. And once you find the pattern or the way to do it, a lot of it you can do at home. Mm-hmm. But I still found myself calling my therapist when things come up because the more you can talk it out to someone who actually understands, the better off you are. And, I, you know, I don't like to put this burden on my family. I don't like to sit there and talk about it. And some of it's frankly very embarrassing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I have shared some things on this podcast that I'm really embarrassed about. But, you know, this therapist, she has nothing. She has heard it all. Like, she's never opened her mouth and her jaw, you know, open going, oh my gosh, I've never heard anything this weird in my life. Say <laughs> it all, you know? It's like, yeah. Oh. So you, no. so you found a psychologist, um, not a psychiatrist. So did you go on any medications? Because um, they can't prescribe medications. You know what? Every, I call them counselors, because that's essentially what they were. Counselors, primary care doctor, have tried to put me on meds. Um, I think we've tried Wellbutrin, Paxil, 
Um, what else? I took Xanax as needed, but good luck finding a doctor that'll prescribe that these days. Uh, meds, we haven't found what works for me. And I personally, me personally, does not like meds. I'd like to try to be natural, but I'm not against medication. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not on any medications at this time. Yeah. And I know eventually I'll have to go back on something, but, yeah. I, you know, for short periods of time possibly. But right mm-hmm. now I'm med-free. Now, I want to stress yeah. to my listeners that I am not against medications. I think they, in some cases, can save your life. Mm-hmm. And if you find yourself needing medication, by all means, take them because Absolutely. you need them. All right. Mm-hmm. But for me right now... I'm okay in that area. <laughs> and um, so you went to a counselor. Did, did they have OCD experience at all? <laughs> no. <laughs> it, okay. was, um, it was in the state of California, and it was not to knock the state program. Um, I didn't have a lot of money at the time, and the only things available were counselors, talk therapy. And I want to go back to medication again, because even though I don't want to be on medication, I'm at the point where, like, if that's what it's going to take, let's do it. Because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. Right. And so this was just a counselor. How long did you see this person? The first one was when I was a kid. I saw him for about a year. Super nice guy, just didn't know what OCD was. And when I was grown, uh, I lasted two months with her because I knew I'm not getting anything out of this. I'm wasting time and gas to get over here. And and I just stopped going. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I want to stress to the listeners, if you find a therapist or counselor and you don't feel like it's doing you any good, stop. Find someone else. Yeah. Don't do like me and go for 11 years. And and finally just say, you know what, this is not helping me. Yeah, I feel good when I leave, but it's not helping me. Right. And it was it just took me so long to figure that out. Yeah. And that was eleven years of my life. You know. So it's okay it's okay to change therapists. It is. Absolutely okay. You've got to find a good match. So you stayed with that one for two months, then what happened? (laughs) Um let's see. There was a long period of time where I just kind of gave up. I just figured I'm on my own. Nothing's going to be done. I don't know how far you want me to get into this, Beth, but then I met Dr. Tolan, who changed my life. And how did you find Miss Dr. Tolan? So I have always wanted to be an actress, and I was going through casting websites, and they were casting for the OCD project. He was the doctor, and the rest is history. Okay, that is awesome because we're hoping, I'm, I hope you're still okay with this, Tracy, doing an entire episode about the OCD project. Yes. And I believe it came out in 2010. It's still available on YouTube. So mm-hmm. before that podcast goes live, I would suggest to my listeners to go and watch it. And that way you kind of have a little bit of background on Tracy and the other patients. Mm-hmm. And then... You know, you'll have some questions to ask. I'm, I've got questions to ask, but Dr. Tolan was the doctor who was treating you mm-hmm. during this reality show. And I must say, Tracy, you were one of the bravest people. Like, why you would want to go on TV and expose yourself to millions of people is beyond me. And 
I will ask you that again on our episode about that. But thank you. Was did he just tell you like I've got this show coming up and I have I want to help you? Is that what he said? It was I was dealing with the casting staff and they told me the goal of the show was none of scripted. It is reality, but it's to show and share the struggle of OCD to get away from the Jack Nicholson portrayal that people really do suffer from this. And it was three weeks long and they were hopeful that at the end, Dr. Tolan could not only shed light for other people, but help us because all of us on the show were considered severe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah. So I, I hope we can do that show in the future. And I, Wanted to ask you something you said made me write this down. How do you feel when you hear people just in general say, I'm so OCD about that? Oh, oh my God. How does that make you feel, Tracy? That's a whole nother episode right there, Betty. <laughs> um, you know what? I know, I know people mean well. I'll try to give them the benefit of the doubt, but it annoys the. I'll use a clean word, bejeevers out of me, (laughs) because when they do that, they are minimizing the struggles of those who actually do have OCD. Just because my husband's dad stacks his dishes in a certain way and claims it's OCD, no, the flip it's not. It is OCD when you're stacking those dishes in a way to prevent someone you love from dying. It's OCD when you stack your dishes because if you don't do it, you don't feel right and you get, your chest feels like it's going to explode. Your anxiety goes from zero to a hundred. She could go on and on, but I would like for people to stop saying that if they're not diagnosed OCD. Yeah, and I'm hoping that there are people who are listening to this podcast that don't have OCD and can understand this disorder better. Mm-hmm. You know, they may have friends or relatives who have it or they suspect have it. And so by talking about it, I mean, I'm not saying they should diagnose their friends or their family members, but, you know, to really take a look at it, it's kind of like the word love is thrown around a lot. Um, I don't know. You know, I happen to be lesbian, and when people say, you know, that's so gay, uh, yeah. it used to really bother me. And now I've just gotten where I'm just like, okay, whatever. I just let it go because I could just really go on and on my little soapbox. But I hear that a lot. I had talked to yeah. someone about telling them that my mother cleans her house. Like, she's been a neat freak. Her whole Our house is spotless and they're like well that's where you get your OCD from and I'm like no Mm -hmm. my mother just likes a clean house she's embarrassed if people come over and her house isn't clean Mm -hmm. she doesn't scrub her counters until her fingers are bleeding she just likes a clean house no that's a form of OCD and I'm like no (laughs) you touched on something really important I just want to thank first of all everybody who is listening but also to those who don't have OCD who are trying to learn. Um, I think I can speak for everyone when I say we really appreciate that. Absolutely. So that was part one of my conversation with Tracy Perkins. Please join me next week for part two on Around and Around the OCD Circle. Don't forget that this channel now has an OCD Facebook group. 
a safe space where we can share our experiences with others who care and understand. The Facebook page and all of my social media accounts are linked below. Until next time, be brave, stay strong. You can do this, and I hope you have an amazing week.